0: Monica Matthews. Monica Matthew Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy post-Thanksgiving Day to you. Happy Monday. Hope you guys survived it. Paying attention to your rhetoric online has been uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, your DMs are never short of uh, wow, theatrics and rejection, abandonment, all that fun stuff, as well as you know, good stories. I had a, uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, holiday. I hope that you did as well. and it was long. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of different things today. I just got off of a space regarding the elections, uh, right? This is going to be a big deal. A big topic of conversation is kind of the red wave um, meme life, I call it. I do not subscribe to red waves anymore. I'm not memeing anymore. Uh, We're way past that. So I was happy to um, be asked to co-host. I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, and I'm happy to chime in. These are very passionate conversations for me uh, because I think there is, there needs to be a comprehensive approach to the political landscape or the, the, Hmm. I hate even engaging in the political landscape, but if you're going to engage in electing people um, who are responsible for governing, let's put it that way uh, in this country, then you're going to have to go through the process by which people are Elected. And I think that this is a comprehensive issue that is at large. It is, we cannot afford to look at Virginia as some kind of a beacon of end all, be all, some zero, that is the sum total of what we need to do. No. Uh, In my humble opinion, our election grid is still down. I still stand by that. Uh, So you have that component. Okay, you can also look to the efforts of Virginians for America First, TPP, others who coalesced uh, to go out and bring people together, bring them to the table uh, of the conservative persuasion and independence. Right. People who really didn't have a political home in Virginia who had completely abdicated their civic authority to come together and get trained on how to operate in the space of um, poll working elections workers, two totally different things. Um, And what that looks like, right? Like what does fraud look like? What does hocus pocus look like, right? What happens whenever, you know, people are operating? How do you know whether or not someone's even operating within the purview of your respective laws, right? So people need to be trained around those things. And so uh, those two groups specifically, and I'm sure others, OK, really did. Um, Scott Pressler, God bless him, really rocked uh, get out, you know, get out the vote there in Virginia. Uh did a lot of voter registration on behalf of the GOP, not to be confused with the RNC and uh, but the state GOP of Virginia. Many people that I know uh, working tirelessly to help that lift. OK, and so that's another component right? Also messaging is another component that was brought up in this space tonight. Um, Messaging and being on point with that. Uh, You're looking at an entirely new demographic of voters. And you're also looking at the same kind of fraud. And whenever I say fraud, I'm quoting someone who was on the space tonight, Bobby Python and others who have discovered things like phantom voters, right? People who submitted actual evidence, that you're not supposed to know about and I'm not supposed to talk about. The other thing that was brought up was the, um, it's not even a matter of shaming. It's a matter of criminalizing anyone who would otherwise question uh, bullying, strong arming. You've got the DOJ coming down on people who are still looking back at 2020 going, hmm, what was that all about? And do we really believe that was a legitimate election? Even questioning that is something that, you know, lands you in the crosshairs of a Banana Republic kangaroo court regime, which is exactly what we are dealing with. And that is just my humble opinion. So I am backing out of the conversation of uh, politics, uh, voter registration, reaching them 2020, 2022, 2024, because here's what I've learned. Out of a state of six point nine million voters who were allegedly defrauded of of a legitimate election by way of a victory for President Donald J. Trump, two a little less than two hundred people showed up to have their voices heard at the state capitol to alert their legislature that they should have voted during a special session on um, on on securing and administering. Um, a forensic audit of the 2020 election. you know, I want you to think about how pathetic that is, right and then and then I want you to think about magnify that or multiply that, you know, times thousands of people, millions of people who are not engaged outside of complaining about it online, who have allowed other people like Wendy Rogers. And I know some of you are, you know, you've got issues with Jovan now because there's all kinds of brouhaha going between two factions within the party, right? There's, there's a lot of accusation flying around right now. I am staying out of that. That is none of my business. I don't want any part of it. I encourage you to do the same. So what am I focused on? Okay. I'm focused on things that are going to last, Because whenever we're focused on things that are going to last, you don't need someone else to tell you what's bullshit. Excuse my language. But you don't. Your discernment is on point. You know why? Because your eyes are on the prize. And your eyes are pointed upward. So if the election grid is down and nobody cares and our national security apparatus is, you know, behind it, on top of it, under it, beside it, leading the charge, whatever. That's just where I am. Because I have spent a lot of my own money this year to travel and to meet with people and to do, you know, basic grassroots efforts of, hey, man, don't give up. You know, stay involved on the local level. Like there was nothing extreme about that. There was nothing dangerous about that. There's nothing illegal about that. My constitution is still perfectly intact, just like the word, whether we live it or not. It's still there. And so I think it's time for us to remember that. You have civic dominion in this country. Still, it doesn't appear that way. But what the powers that be want to do is dumb you down with things like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Are we really that lust, bloodlusty, that we, we really think that something's going to come out of this trial that's going to um, affect our daily lives? Do you? Do you really think that's, that's worth your time and your energy? Do you really think anyone's going to prison over this, besides possibly her? Do you? And so, whenever you look at all the distractions, and I was just in this space with a gentleman who said that his wife received a letter, and he is going to clarify upon clarify upon clarify that um, you know this this came down from the inner ranks that uh, people could expect delays or possibly non-payment as active duty service members. That's something to be concerned about. You know why? Not that you can do anything about it, but you need to prepare your families for safety. Look at the economy right now. Look at what just passed in Congress. Those clowns are up there playing all kinds of shell games and jokesters and hucksters is what we're dealing with in Congress. In the meantime, you guys are not preparing for what's coming. And I don't say that as some fear monger. I say that as like an ant or a squirrel. You see what your squirrels are doing in your respective neighborhoods right now? That needs to be you. They're storing away for the winter that's coming. That needs to be all of us. You see what's happening now with the variants, right? Right. That is not by coincidence. None of this is by coincidence. All of it is extremely coordinated and timely. You know, we were talking about the border invasion that we're currently under right now. You don't hear that. You don't see that on social media as much, do you? No, because we're busy with Ghislaine Maxwell and her selling children to some pervert named Jeffrey Epstein, who is allegedly dead, right? We don't know who flew on their plane, but, but we are like a soap opera. We have been so programmed for dirty dish soap, right? We, we just love it. We love the dirty laundry and somehow it makes us feel so vindicated, In the meantime, none of that crap even matters to your daily life, does it? Mm -mm. No, it doesn't. Does it matter to you if Hillary or Bill ever goes to prison for anything? Does it? Will it affect your daily life? I'm not saying that adjudication isn't important, believe me. I believe that it is. But when you're living in the midst of a banana republic that is, even though the Constitution is still in place, but your judiciary is completely compromised, the thing you have to ask yourself is, what am I doing to get myself situated for what is coming? What am I doing to ensure that my family is going to be safe? My family is going to be fed. My family has a roof over its head. My family has what we need. And we actually have more than what we need. So in the event that others in our family, even those who shunned us for turkey dinner because we weren't vaccinated or we won't wear a mask, you know, if they're in need, do we have enough for that? Right? Right? So that's where my mind is on all of this. And after coming off that call, I just out of that space, I was like, you know, I can appreciate the conversation, but I'm I'm a little bit of a problem solver. And so once I realized that the that the that so many of the pilings of this country have literally crapped the bed. They have been they are incrementally imploding. This isn't just, oh, we're going to take it all back in 2022 and 2024. We can undo everything they've done. Have you seen your Congress? Do you still really believe that this is a Democrat-only issue? I'm serious. Do you? You should turn in your voter card if you think that way. Because this is not just a Democrat Democrat issue. This is not a partisan issue. You literally have powers that be that cannot wait for this country to completely implode and move over into a whole new world order. And I don't say that as some Q enthusiast. I don't know squat about Q. I never have. So I say that as somebody with eyeballs and ears that work, right? And you have the same things. And as someone, I just refuse to get distracted on, on, you know, on the main, on the main scale of things. And I go, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute you know look at the the cult the quote race war that they are uh, attempting to squeeze out of us right which is why i'm all, i'm forever saying nope 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 no such thing as race wars we have ethnic and cultural wars at hand but there's only one race and one blood which is why no one could ever accuse me legitimately accuse me of being an extremist that is literally the most ridiculous thing anyone could ever say to me and i laugh i laugh because there's nothing supreme about me. And fun fact, if your ideas are superior to mine because they work and because they're going to um they're going to enshrine everyone's equality, right? And and, and ability to live freely in the pursuit of property and happiness. I'm on board with you. Like the, it, if those are your priorities and your values and mine are less than that, I will submit to, to your values because even though that's not the case, clearly. But if it were, if I were found wanting on those scales of equality for all, right, and opportunity for all, um, if I was found wanting on those scales, I would readily submit to the more superior Way of thinking. But that's because I am a thoughtful person who understands that um, there are superior ideas and ways of thinking. And that doesn't make me a white supremacist. That makes me a critical thinker. That makes me someone who um, attempts to humble themselves under the binding hand of God. That means that if you have a superior idea about something, it is greater than it is, it is, it is a level above my way of thinking, right? Because remember, I'm forever teaching that we have two ways of thinking. That's it. We've got our lower nature, which is our bestial nature, all of us, all humans, or we have our spirit nature. That's it. Those are your only two choices. And that's where I come from as a minister. That's what I've read. That's what I've studied. That's what I believe. That's what I've experienced. It's anecdotal. It's also empirical as far as I'm concerned. And it's inerrant. And so it's from that standpoint that I'm able to humble myself and yield to someone else's superior way of thinking about something. It doesn't mean that they are supreme I mean, just even that, it is such a trope, you guys. It is so old. It is so tired. It is so overused. We have all these memes about, you know, which race card would you like to use today? Right? Oops, your race card has expired. And we laugh about it, but it's all cute and fun and games whenever you put up a meme about it. But once you're taken to task in one of these crazy spaces that you jump in and out of, and you find out that there are legitimately people who want most white people to die, yeah, you're going to speak up in those spaces. You're going to have the the hutzpah enough to to create your own space and take on people in that space. Uh, you know, for the sake of of um, debate, like godly debate, so you can actually stand your ground, as it were, whenever it comes to a more uh, uh, superior way of thinking, which is we're all equal. And if we're being really truthful, God basically said we all deserve to die. But glory be to him, he sent his son here to uh, to redeem all of us. Black, white, pink, purple, green, orange, yellow, doesn't matter. Right? Short, tall, fat, skinny, white, black, yep, American, Muslim, everyone, Zen, Tao, Buddhists, you know, you name it, the Aborigines, whatever. He came for all of us. So I don't get caught up in that snare of you're a supremacist but it has, it has cost me. I had a, I had a pastor today on a thread say, well, you guys take, and I love this pastor. So I'm just being hyperbolic right now with my voice, but he's wonderful. I just recently met him and he's black and he's great. And we love each other and it's great. So you should follow him. And, uh, Reverend Ben, I believe he no wrong name, but he's, he's on my Twitter feed and I'll retweet him tonight so you can find him, but he's fantastic. And We just met a couple of weeks ago in a space where I was talking about how I was kicked out of a space because I'm white. (laughs) And I have absolute proof of that, right? And so I was like, what the heck is this about? What are we segregating ourselves according to spaces now? I would never, ever, 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 not in 10 million years, look down at someone and go, oh, they got to go. I got to eject them from my space because they're black. I would just never do that. Like it would never even occur to me to do that. But because of the conversation that these women were having, it was like, well, I guess she can't relate, so she's got to go, right? But someone brought up today about narratives and the, the demonizing of white people by people like our uh, fearless uh, reverend Al Sharpton, right? And so this, this reverend in this space, lovely man, he says, um, well, how much power does – well, if we're speaking about power dynamics – Right. As it relates to white versus black in the United States of America. How much power does Al Sharpton really have? This is the question he's posing. And I knew where he was going. And he goes, how much power does he really have? And how has he really cost you anything? Ha! And I raised my hand instantly. Because I was like, oh, fun fact there, Rev. Um, you would be surprised just how much power that little skinny popsicle-headed man. Um, and that's not defamation. That's my personal opinion of his appearance. So there. Um, you'd be surprised, and he's a public figure, but you would be surprised how much power that little guy yields. Right? Because it doesn't take many. See, we forget that on the right. though We're so proud of being the silent majority. Right? We're the silent majority. Okay, well, there's nothing godly about being the silent majority. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's, no, there's nothing pious about that. Nothing. There's nothing good about that at all. So I would rather be, you know, the, the, the screaming from the rooftops for the principles of this country that actually do create equality, uh, opportunity, um unity all of that right i I'd, I'd rather be those 300 right at least well the left has their 300 except for there's less than 300 of them the mouth the mouthpieces that represent the left in the black community are very few but they are very powerful and influential and you know why because they have other money sources behind them that are pushing the agenda but absolutely, that man in his crazy rhetoric has cost all of us in this country. We ha- don't believe me? What do you think your children are being taught in your elementary schools? Why do you think you have parents now on FBI lists and being raided in the middle of the night because they're attempting to take back their school boards to get rid of pornography in their schools and CRT? which is nothing more than a horrific apologetics tour in the worst possible sense whenever it comes to uh, white annihilation, as far as I'm concerned. See, and to some of you, that sounds really extreme. You'll give me a break. You know, it's actual history. No, actually, it's not actual history. And when is history going to be allowed to remain history? There's a question for you. When are we going to be able to look at our history and go, yeah, that was awful? And yes, there are still, um, there are horrible individuals that we should contend with in the public uh, square who continue to perpetuate division and in um, inopportunity, right? And it's usually coming from the left. But I really loved what the host of this space said today when he when he called us called the whole thing to the carpet really and i love it because he was like all right if we're going to talk about systemic racism um, I think it's extremely disingenuous to refer to systemic racism as if this country and is still living under the tyranny of systemic racism. Have systems been in place in the past? Have we not codified a new way of living and being and moving and being together as a nation overcoming the sins of our past? The answer to that is yes. Do we still have miles to go in certain areas? Of course, we all know that. But here's what the tropers and the narrative shapers of the left will tell you. Everybody is systemic and a racist, and the entire country is a racist. Therefore, there goes another piling, right? Erase history, boom, gone. Erase the white voice, boom, gone. Create new tropes and entertainment, boom, gone. Create new curriculum that is sponsored by globalists, boom, gone. Start arresting and criminalizing people who, who actually champion equality and freedom for all and the Constitution, boom, gone. The Constitution is racist, boom, gone. Monuments are racist, boom, gone. Do you see what's been happening so no, it's not systemic. I agree with what he said. If you want to be the change and you see people who are, and you are black or you are white or you are brown, or you are yellow, whatever the heck that means. It, that sounds so offensive to me whenever I hear people, yellow people. It's just weird. I think of jaundice whenever I say that. So I'm just like, it creeps me out to even say it. But I'm referring to my Asian brothers and sisters. So I don't like that. I'm going to have to find another way to refer to my Asian brothers and sisters. But I don't like you know, this whole skin orientation that we're so... It's such a fetish for some people, right? Like, you can't even have a conversation without qualifying and quantifying every freaking thing that comes out of your face without a color associate. It's like a color wheel. It's literally, it's right, it's attached to our lips. It's literally been seared into our brains by the left, right? Because I just want you to know how systemic everything is. And if you're white, you're part of the system. But I like what this dude Shook said today. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. S-H-U-C-K. You should. He's fantastic. And he was like, here's the deal. Why can't we just call out individuals who suck? Right? Why can't we call out racist individuals? Why can't we call out racist companies? Right? If you see something say something in your company, well, why can't you? Why can't it just be that company's problem? Why does it have to be that your entire staff, your entire company of thousands of employees who come to increase your bottom line are now put through patty cake, patty cake? You know, baker's man, let's all sit in a circle and play telephone until, you know, the last white person that speaks finally submits to the lie and the demonology that they're all inherently bad with inherent bias, right? And these companies pay millions of dollars to these firms to come in and brainwash their employees. Ad nauseum. This is a corporate America thing. This has become a pastime in corporate America. When does that end? When are blacks and whites going to hold hands and say, yep, we're done with that? Nope. Forget systemic racism. That's ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you now, most of my black friends are like, that's retarded. Like, we don't even believe in that at all. We're doing fine. We got an education. We live in peace. We live in a great pad. We got a nice crib, nice ride, nice job. We got retirement. What? Like, pfft, who's holding up? What systemic racism, right? And, and granted, Whenever you're looking at overhauling, you know, starting your respective communities. If you have crappy laws on the books, then you should go find that out. If you're still, if you still have loitering laws on the books or from like 1950s, right, that tried to keep black people in at night, that's, let me tell you something. Uh, There was a gentleman here in the state of Georgia moons ago who the first, he was a libertarian. He was awesome. And the first thing he attempted to upend in the Georgia state legislature as a newly elected um uh, legislator in the House was the uh, loitering laws of Georgia, right? Well, the GOP was so—they're such losers about this, and really many of them are quite racist. I'll give you that. And so they were so upended about it that they accused him. Uh, they went with the other people. Somehow the Republicans found a way to 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 strategically weave the loitering laws of the past in with keeping pedophiles and convicted child molesters who were on sexual offender lists, that all of that was intertwined. Right. And so, and of course you would do that. Of course you would catfish that legislation because then you could still keep black people down at night. And so if, and when you do arrest them for loitering, it's well, it's right there on the books, right? That's still Georgia law. Because you're, of course I have probable cause, because look here, son, you're out past 10 p.m. So y'all know I'm telling the truth, right? And so what do you do? You interweave, you catfish that legislation with something that, of course, every person in the world wants who's sane. You want to keep pedophiles and registered sex offenders away from your kids and schools and playgrounds, right? So you know what they did? They literally spent about a half a million dollars to get rid of this guy from the state legislature. He lasted one term. And you know how I know all this? Because those same buffoons came after my candidate in a House district race who was a good friend of his and attempted to align her with child molesters (laughs) because of her affiliation with him. And all he was saying is, hey, he was showing their hypocrisy of the party. So see... Black people, if you're listening to me right now, pay attention to what I just said. White people, if you're listening to me right now, pay attention to what I just said. You have things, you have laws on your books in your states that are absolutely race-centric, that should be upended (laughs) for the sake of equality, right? And so start making issues out of these things on the local level so we can stop demonizing the entire country, of white people and we can stop being divided around these ridiculous systemic tropes, narratives, media, brouhaha, all this crap. And, you know, black lives matter championing, you know, you can't, God forbid you say all lives matter until it was that precious father of Ahmad Arbery who reminded us all that it is in fact, all lives matter. And I really appreciated his heart and his spirit for doing that because he meant it and he wasn't going to apologize. And I was really proud of him for that. That was a glorious moment. And, you know, especially in that moment where he's like, no one should have to lose their their child, and and particularly in this manner, right? Like, your children should never go before you. But for your kid to be, you know, murdered in cold blood like that, it's just, yeah, awful, 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 awful. And so someone tried to equate, well, of course it was systemic because you see that there was a delay in the DA's office there on the local level. Well, here's the thing. Here's my point. If you want to utilize Black Lives Matter as a black person, then here's what you do. You go down to the local level of the laws that are still on your books. If that's really what the motive is, is to bring equality To the surface of this country, right across every single dynamic and pillar of this nation, then that's what you do. But you don't paint a broad stroke of every white person as a racist that needs to be deprogrammed from some cellular level programming that because we're white, somehow we hate all black people as soon as our babies, you know, as soon as our butts pop out of our mother's womb. That's ridiculous. And you're trying to shove stuff down people's throats. And there are some of us who are like, up yours. You're not going to assign that value to me. And then there are others who are like, oh, yeah, gosh, you're right. I'm so sorry because I already hate myself and I don't have an identity. So, you know, I'm going to I'm already a victim of everything myself. So I may as well put a Black Lives Matter sign in my front lawn as a white, really, 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 really rich person who happens to be a liberal and is totally fine with the black population and culture murdering all of their babies every year. Yep. Makes sense to me because it's my choice until it comes to a vaccination. Alright, I'm done. I'm tired. I need to go eat dinner. But that's all I wanted to say. I'm not focused on Glenn. I don't care. Glenn Maxwell, great. If justice happens, whatever. That whole thing is so much bigger than trafficking kids, you can't even you can't even wrap your mind around it. So it's just like eh, she's not affecting my daily life. I know she's not gonna affect yours. Neither's Jeffrey Epstein and all these fruit loops who was who were on his flights. And it is awful what's happened to these young women and I do pray that they receive justice. Um, and anyone who's ever been uh, harmed by that. And whatever, whatever connection the Lord wants to make to bring justice to that whole situation, pray for that. Pray for that and keep, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes lifted up. Because that's where our help comes from. Not from the GOP, not from Rona, not Ronna, Romney, whatever. Not from the RNC, not from your latest and greatest candidate. And you guys can stop messaging me, asking me who I'm supporting for local office, because I don't care. I don't. I'm not looking at anyone running for office. My eyes are up. My eyes are on the prize, because I'm going to tell y'all, if we even have a 2022 election or 2024 election, That's going to be a real blessing for us. So for those of you working in elections, you should start with the election grid. You should start with getting with people like Bobby Python who have testified under oath, I might add, to the evidence that they've uh, collected. You know, start uh, contacting Wendy Rogers and helping her efforts in Arizona. Why aren't all of you, you know... Um, blowing up the phone lines of your state legislatures to demand forensic audits, to demand decertification. If you believe that it was stolen and you believe that it was a fraud, what are you doing? Why are there only literally 10 people out here on the front lines doing your job? Is this your country or not? And so y'all keep waiting for 2022 and 2024. And I'm just here to tell you that you may be given a couple of crumbs here and there. Of course, you're going to have a few victories and you're going to feel really, really good about it um, if we even get to that point. Because what's happening, I believe, is this administration is trying to push the nation to a boiling point. And from what I can see online, it's doing a very good job of that, which is why I'm asking you to get your eyes up. Because there are going to be some people who just have enough and there are people scattered throughout this country, you've got over 2 million criminal gang members in this country. Do you understand that? That is an army. That is that is a militia in and of itself. Do you understand that? And do you also understand that parts of your government and your taxes are paying for some of that? Yes, you heard me correctly. So what are you going to do to make sure that your eyes are up on the heavens where our help comes from? while you are doing things in your communities to ensure that if you want to dismantle uh, racism within your state, your city, your county, you don't dismantle things by trying to repair it, throwing money at it, or by accusing other people or brainwashing people that they're the problem. That's not how you dismantle this. You know, all, all, all ships rise whenever people engage to fight for each other not against each other. Until next time, have a good night. Love you guys. I'll be back with you tomorrow. God willing and the creek don't rise and all that Southern stuff. Uh, hey, go check out my boy on Twitter. Love, love, love him. He is so good. Um, Mark, 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 where's Mark? Uh, go check out Mark Naughton. He's an independent uh, journalist and he's got some really good work. So please, I encourage you to go follow him and support his work on YouTube as well. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.